and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Michelle Friedman. And I'm Rachel Yehuda. And we're both from YCT Rabbinical School. And in each episode, we explore an aspect of psychology based on the Torah reading of the week. So this week, we're in Parshat Mishpatim in the book of Exodus. And today we're going to talk about incremental steps of social change. Because in this Parsha, there is a complete shift from the literary style that we've been in before. We're kind of moving from story mode to codes and laws. We're not going to be talking about characters. There aren't any characters or personalities to analyze in today's Parsha. We're going to take a look at the pastoral issues that arise from the new value system that comes up in Mishpatim. Right, and the Torah reading begins by talking about slavery. Why slavery? It's a, it's a topic that makes people really uncomfortable, um, obviously. Sure does. And the fact that the Bible seems to condone slavery is also something that is very difficult, and there's a lot of apologetics around it. But I think that, that we can learn a lot from it, both, both in terms of what the actual laws of slavery are in the Torah, but also just the idea that we're beginning a code of law by talking about slavery. Which and makes us really uncomfortable as moderns. It, it does, but think about it from the um, children of Israel's perspective. I mean, they have just been slaves for many, many hundreds of years. Right. And now uh, you would think that the last thing that they want to talk about or hear about is slavery. Yeah, but maybe it's the first thing that if you want to establish a new code, a new ethical and legal code, you have to talk about because it's like any political campaign. To be successful, a candidate has got to appeal to what the constituents experience every day. He or she can't talk just about lofty ideals. It's got to be talking about the economy, about the schools, about the roads. And the children of Israel have really experienced slavery. I think it would be a really interesting question about why somebody that has just been a slave wouldn't just say, hey, we were slaves for so many years, the last thing we should be doing is owning slaves. Yeah, you, you might think that they would immediately want to get rid of the whole system, eradicate it, but they don't. They don't, and I think that this is a very important insight into human nature because sometimes people who are treated badly do make a, a vow that they will never treat somebody else the way they've been treated. But another very common response is that we seek to recreate even the negative environments that we ourselves have been the victims of. And they, people talk a lot about cycles of violence, for example, uh, that people are more likely to abuse their own children if they have been abused. And so I think that part of, if you will, I don't want to call it a slave mentality, but part of the mentality of, of trauma or violence is that it might take a little time to really distance oneself from, from something that is the world that you know. That you know. And it can't just be an abrupt severing, a kind of shoving that whole culture off the edge of the earth. It has to be kind of a gradual exodus psychologically and 
ethically and legally from that system. So we have the whole graduated system of a Hebrew slave gets freed after six years and restrictions that pertain to the family of slaves, etc. So what you have in this version of slavery is that first of all it's temporary. That unlike the way that the slave trade works when you purchase a slave and you own them forever, the idea here is really that it's meant to be something that happens for a few years, perhaps for a variety of reasons, usually because the slave has no other way to, um, to get out of debt. Um, the slave can decide to stay, and chances are the slave might stay if he's treated well, or if during the period of his servitude, his master gave him a wife who had children, and those the wife and children stay, so maybe the slave also wants to stay. But one of the other important features here is that the master is not allowed to abuse the slave in any way. And if he hurts the slave physically, the slave is set free. Yeah. So it's really a way of making the case that this slavery is different. It's temporary. You are not allowed to do what you want to with the slave. And really the most important part also is that both the master and the slave are slaves to the master of God, meaning that on the seventh day of Shabbat, both the slave and the master take off the seventh day. And it's to show that ultimately no master can own a human being. We all serve God. Throughout the entire Parsha, there is a theme that repeats over and over. Certainly in verses 21, 22, 23, 9, you shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall not ill-treat a widow or an orphan. You shouldn't do wrong things. You shouldn't oppress a stranger, for you know the feelings of the stranger. 23, 9, having yourselves been strangers in the land of Egypt. As the Torah continues to build a more specific legal system, the discussions of felonies and merit capital punishment, the whole system of damages and responsibility, that theme is echoed again and again. You know, it's so interesting, Michelle, the reason that it has to be echoed again and again is because the tendency might really be otherwise. Forget it, to forget it. To forget it. Now it's my turn. To be in, to be in charge, to be powerful, right. to exert that sort of dark force which we struggle with. Unfortunately, people don't remember. And it is all too easy for people who have a different yeah. world, who have been powerless, to take any bit of power and behave in a very different manner. So the admonition to remember is really important, and it is repeated over and over. Yeah, so, you know, coming out of a tradition of psychoanalysis, as I do, I think about this. Is this such a dark view of human nature that we're always struggling with our id uh, impulses of wanting to take power, wanting to lord it over, that kind of, like, dark view of human nature? What do you think about that? I think it's really fascinating because... The children of Israel have just been saved in a very dramatic way. They don't really know what to expect. They have been slaves, and they have to be re-educated and retaught. And the very first 
object lesson is really about being humane, being kind, being compassionate. And it's a question of whether this is something that would have been reassuring for them to hear because that's how they felt. It would have been nice if somebody had been kinder to them or because they really needed to learn it. And, you know, either explanation, this is really the first thing that happens. These are God's priorities, that we treat each other nicely and with respect and with fairness. And the evocation of memory, which is such a powerful concept in the Bible, really is pounded in here. Don't forget what it was like to be a stranger in somebody else's land and retain that empathy and always bring it with you. Thanks for listening to the Pastoral Parsha with Dr. Michelle Friedman and Dr. Rachel Yehuda. This podcast is brought to you by Shivat Chovevei Torah. To learn more, visit yctorah.org.